Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. I want to talk to you today about the three harvests. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22, it says, For as in Adam all died, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, and afterward they that are Christ's at his coming. In Israel, the first harvest is the barley harvest. It was considered the poor man's harvest. It is a simple grain that is full of nutrition and is low in sugar and gluten. So while the bread that it makes is not so pleasant and pleasing to the palate, it is very good for you. It is full of healing virtue. It is satisfying to the hungry soul, and it is able to sustain those that partake of it. It was this grain that God chose to represent Jesus, the first fruits of the resurrection. The unleavened bread of the Passover would have been made of this. If you read through the story of the Exodus, at the time that the plagues were taking place, it says that the locusts came in while the barley was in the field. The wheat would not have been ready to be used readily for the Passover meal. Also, the bread from the story of the loaves and fishes, it says specifically that it was barley loaves because these breads represented Jesus. Jesus himself said that he was the bread of life and that those who eat of him will never hunger again. There is no other that can compare to him. None can satisfy like he can. He is the source of our strength and our healing, our portion, who was broken for our transgressions, the first harvest of undesirable poor man's bread, that as unlikely as it seems is the perfection of heaven. And so it is the barley that was the first harvest, just as Jesus was the first fruits of the resurrection from the dead, the first to be gathered into the Father's hand. Now we read Matthew chapter 13, verse 24, where it says, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while the man slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. In Israel, the next harvest after the barley harvest is the wheat harvest. And this harvest represents the harvest of the saints. Christ was resurrected first, then a new crop planted. So the next harvest that we see will be the harvest of these when it comes into its season. Jesus gave us a parable that was mentioned in the passage above of a man which represented him who planted good seed, which would be his words, his truths in the hearts of his people. And then his enemy came after him and planted weeds, which would be false doctrine or lies, in this field. The good seed, he said, was the wheat, and it represented the saints who received his words and became fruitful, while the weeds represented hypocrites or sinners who received the enemy's lies and were either fruitless or bear bad fruit. In the end, the wheat will be harvested into the master's barn, and become bread themselves, while the fruitless and wicked will be cast into the fire. You see, when wheat 
and weeds are very young. You can't really tell them apart. They grow up together. And Jesus warned, if we pull them out, they will uproot the wheat. So let them grow together. But when they begin to bear fruit, then we'll be able to prove what is wheat and what is weeds. And so it is with those of the kingdom. It may be that when people come in to the church, they might look very similar at first, but over time, they will begin to bear fruit. For example, the weeds, they stand tall in their pride because of their lack of fruit. But the wheat, because of the fruit they produce, their kindness, gentleness, meekness, selflessness, patience, temperance, self-control, all of these fruits of the Spirit that we see expressed through Scripture, charity, long-suffering, faithfulness, the weight of the fruit on the wheat causes it to bow down and lay low. And it is at this time that you can see which are the real and which are the counterfeit, which are the wheat and which are the weeds. And this is what Jesus said was the second harvest, the next to be gathered into the master's hand. But there is another harvest in the land of Israel. There's a third harvest. It is the grape harvest. And in order to see what that represents, I need you to go with me to Revelations chapter 14, verse 9. It says, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receiveth his mark in his forehead. These are aspects of the Antichrist empire in the end, that he would implement a financial system that would require every man, woman, and child to receive a mark or some kind of implant or something of the nature, that they would have to be in allegiance with him and his system in order to buy, sell, or trade, or be part of this global world system. But in doing so, they must come out of agreement or allegiance with the teachings of Jesus. And it says that those that do this, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone, and in the presence of the holy angels, and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worshipped the beast and his image, and whosoever received the mark of his name. And another angel came out of the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry unto him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse's bridle, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlong. These are very serious and sobering words, because you see the third harvest in the land of Israel is a grape harvest. And in the spiritual, this is the harvest of sinners. They are gathered into the winepress of God's wrath in the end. Yet the very sad thing about this harvest is that Jesus already endured it for us to provide us with a way of escape from it. He drank the cup of wrath, the grape juice. He was crushed for our transgressions until his blood poured out. He did not deserve this, yet he willingly did it for us 
and in doing so, he gave us a reprieve. But this wrath is still coming for those who are not found hidden in him. Those who did not believe him, obey him, proclaim him, and remain in him until the end. It is this wrath that Jesus endured on our behalf. That all who will confess their sins, repent of them, humble themselves, and call upon him will be spared from this in the end. Those who have made themselves white, a bride of Christ without spot or blemish, will be covered and protected from it by their spiritual husband who is Jesus. But all else will still surely face this judgment. So remember today the sufferings of Christ. Thank him for taking your place and receive the way of escape or face that dreadful day someday alone. The choice is yours. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and thank him continually for his great mercy from the wrath to come because we truly do believe his words all of them. And so in this do we see that through scripture and through nature itself, God has given us a pattern of things that were, things that are, and things that are to come, that Jesus was the first one gathered into the hand of the Father, being represented by the barley harvest. And just like that barley, so often we don't want to receive of him because it's not always pleasant and palatable. It is truly a poor man's bread, but it is good for us in the end. And then the next harvest is the wheat harvest, the harvest of the saints, those who have been faithful, who have humbled themselves and bowed down, producing the peaceable fruits of righteousness that are the character of Christ manifesting through us, making us useful for the edifying of the body. Though at times we may be crushed just as he was, it is all for the purpose of making us into bread in the very likeness of Christ. But the last harvest is reserved for the sinners, those who have not chosen to receive the way of escape provided for us by the blood of Jesus, because that he took the judgment and reaches out to us and says, come and be hid within me, come be my bride and I will hide you. But you've got to lay down your pride. And do what he says to. We can't be rebellious. We can't be arrogant. We can't do as Lucifer did and say my way is better. He has given us the way. The only way. And today we choose to take it. And we say thank you for it. You are worthy to be praised. I believe that you are the son of the living God. That came to make a way of escape. From this judgment for me. Wash me in your blood. Fill me with your spirit. Use me for your glory. Sanctify me by your word. Make me fruitful. That I might go out and bring the gospel, the good news, that you have made a way of escape from this great wrath to come. We thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. So, Lord, as we enter into this Passover season, we thank you for the remembrance of the coming of Jesus to be our Passover lamb, to be the first one gathered back into the Father's hand. We thank you, God, for this poor man's bread, this barley wheat that satisfies my every need. 
Jesus, we say thank you, and we are so sorry that you were despised and rejected and broken on our behalf, but we thank you immensely for it. With all of our heart, we could never begin to give you the praise and the glory that you deserve. And we ask you today, God, that you would strengthen us, Lord, that you would ever mold us, shape us, purify us, that you would give us wisdom and patience as we go through our furnace of affliction, as we are crushed, as wheat is, Lord, as you begin to separate the chaff from us, Lord, that paper hull that is useless and makes the wheat unusable to be turned into bread for the edifying of the body. Lord, we thank you for the processes that you take us through that purify us, Lord, that break us down and make us into something better than we could ever hope to be in and of ourselves. Lord, that you aren't satisfied to leave us in the field, but that you gather us into your barn, that you cultivate us, Lord, that you make us into something more. And we thank you, God, for your great mercy that provided us a way of escape that we not have to partake in the final judgment, that we not be counted among the sinners, the fearful and the unbelieving. On that final day, how dreadful will it be? The scripture actually says that they will have to be convinced of their wickedness and their evil conversation against the children of God, the saints. Oh, how great is the deception. Lord, we pray that you protect us from it and that you break it off of the hearts and the minds of the people, God, of our families, God. We cry out for them. Lord, we pray for the lost. We pray for the sinner. We pray for the deceived, God. We pray on bended knee and we plead for them. Father, that you find a way to break the pride and to humble them, Almighty God, before it is too late. Lord, we are crying out as a body for the sinner, God. We are weeping and wailing between the porch and the altar as you have commissioned us to do, Lord, because it's not enough to be saved from hell ourselves, God, but a true faith in you will cause us to reach out to those who have not yet believed in you and say, my friend, there is coming a day. When every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, you want to be found on the right side of the fence. When the sheep and the goats are separated, there is coming a day. Because it is so easy to preach to the saints about when Jesus came. But how do we neglect to tell the rest the reason for it? Why he came, what he came to save us from, that there is still coming a judgment. God, we give you praise and glory for the sacrifice that you have made on our behalf to save us from it. And we grab hold of it and we rejoice in it because, oh, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus and we sing and shout the victory. But it will be a day of weeping and gnashing of teeth for the unbelieving. So we intercede for them today. Lord, by whatever means necessary, bring them into the faith. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.